Welcome in. This is the John Cast Podcast, episode number 62 today with our guest Jim Polzine from the Wisconsin State Journal. But before we get to Jim and talk about the ever-changing Big Ten Conference, I want to give thanks to my sponsors, including Ian's Pizza. We are currently in the midst. We've we put the promotion together. Now we're just trying to finish up the you know, put on the finishing touches rather, and we'll have a promotion from Ian's Pizza for you later on this summer going into the fall. That might be a hint of some of the things we're trying to do. Um, also brought to you now by Me and Julio again. Me and Julio is back. Go check out Me and Julio. It's right along Fish Hatchery Road if you're ever in Madison, right? Madison and Fitchburg area. It's fantastic. Go sit out on the deck, have a margarita. They've got specials in the margaritas Tuesdays and Thursdays. They've got wine Wednesdays. They've also got um, a great variety of menu items to choose from. I like to go with the Bang Bang Chicken and the Bang Bang Shrimp Tacos. I switch it up sometimes as well. But go check out me and Julio and check out JohnCastPodcast.com. You can sign up for the newsletter and get the latest from this podcast, all the promotions, all the latest interviews. You're going to know about it, and I'm not going to spam you. And today's guest, as I mentioned, from the Wisconsin State Journal, he is Jim Polzine, here to talk about the Big Ten Conference that added a couple of new schools to it recently. Jim, how are you today? Great. Thanks for having me. Okay, so you got it fill me in how surprised were you when you saw the news kind of start to leak like usc ucla are coming to the conference and then like 24 hours later or whatever that timeline was all of a sudden boom they're in the conference and it's a done deal yeah i was pretty stunned we were in the middle of a all staff all sports staff planning meeting for football just kind of getting all our ducks in a row looking ahead to media day and all that stuff and Somebody had Twitter on and it came across and we all just kind of sat there stunned for a while. And it kind of, it brought the meeting to a halt. Um, I, you know, I probably shouldn't be surprised by anything that happens in college athletics anymore, but uh, this one was pretty stunning to me. I just, there's a lot of things about it that make sense. There's a lot of things about it that don't make sense. Uh, it's a game changer. And it's, it's obviously, it's a reaction to what the SEC did last year by grabbing Oklahoma and Texas from the, from the Big 12. I mean, this is kind of the Big Ten's move. Um, and it really, this domino effect has been going on for years and years and years. And this is just another big one that um, I'm sure is going to call cause changes down the road. I just don't know when. Yeah. So it was the Big Ten's reaction to the SEC, perhaps, like you said, and bringing in, yeah. in Texas and the like. But what happened with the alliance? There was the alliance between <laughs> the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC. And, and yeah, I think you even wrote about it. Like, there was no contract written, but that thing just it's just terminated yeah i guess so i don't know how you know i don't know how kevin warren gets in the same room as the pac-12 commissioner george kleofkoff or however his name is pronounced yeah. um and looks him in his face you know like uh, this this the whole alliance going back to what i wrote a year ago when this came out just sounded very flimsy uh, it just didn't sound there were a lot of words said that day and not a lot of things being Spoken. There weren't a lot of facts. So it was just kind of a, a concept, an idea. Um, there was a lot of interesting parts to it, you know, focusing on student mental health. I thought the scheduling aspect of it sounded good in theory. It just didn't seem like a lot of it had been worked out. And, and that seemed like a reaction to the SEC's, you know, grabbing Texas and Oklahoma. It's just kind of a, hey, us three power conferences are going to band together and not let the SEC bully us around. So I understand why it was done. I just don't think much of anything got accomplished in this, you know, 10 months since it was formed. And clearly this breaks it. You know, there's, you know, there's no way that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 could work together. I think the Pac-12 is going to fall apart. It always sounds like there's kind of reaction within the Pac-12. The remaining teams are scrambling to find something. And 
So this this alliance, like I said, while good in theory, it, it sounded like it wasn't sturdy back then, and now this kind of completely uh, puts the kibosh on it. Yeah. Is there some hostility, do you think, between what is left of the Pac-12? Like you said, by the time this podcast is released, the Pac-12 could lose more members, perhaps to the Big 12. I know there were rumors out there that they were looking to add some Pac-12 schools, perhaps again to the Big 10. So everything could change. But do you think there's some hostility here between the ACC and the Pac-12 saying, hey, what are you doing? I thought we had a thing going. Yeah, I would think so. And again, everybody's kind of, I understand why it's done. Everybody's got to uh, look out for their own well-being and uh, Kevin Warren, as the Big Ten commissioner, can't be so concerned about the Pac-12 and its well-being that he forgets what his job is, and that's to protect his the members within the Big Ten. And this what that's what this was. I mean, going and grabbing UC, USC and UCLA was in a lot of ways a no-brainer, uh, bringing that LA TV market and two tradition-rich programs uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I just don't, you know, by doing that, you can't then – not look at it as he stabbed the Pac-12 in the back and this alliance, whatever it was, formed. So I think there's got to be some hard feelings. It sounds like USC and UCLA kind of initiated this. So I don't know that Kevin Warren was actively recruiting those programs. Uh, but however, you know, it, it's just it's just kind of a ugly process of college athletics. And we see that with a lot of things. NIL, uh, there's a lot of good stuff with it, but it can get messy. Uh, the transfer rule, there's a lot of good things with it, but it can get messy. And I think this is another thing. Realignment like I said, there's a lot of really interesting aspects to it, but none of this can be done without hurting feelings somewhere along the way. And, and I think there's a lot of hurt feelings within the Pac-12. Yeah. Um, you did mention, you said it does make sense in a lot of ways and it doesn't make sense in a lot of ways. Uh, I think you're kind of maybe alluding to it a little bit there. So in what ways do, do you like this new? We'll just stay with the two teams for now. because It's 16 right now. It could get bigger. In what ways does this make sense? And in what ways does this not make sense to you? The money aspect makes sense. I mean, the, the big the Big Ten is in the middle of negotiating a, a new media rights deal. And that's already going to climb uh, upwards of $1 billion. Adding the Los Angeles market, one of the major TV markets in the U.S., only is going to add to that and make it more attractive of a deal, I would think. So, I mean, I think that, that part of it makes sense. I think, you know, as we saw years ago with Rutgers and Maryland, the Big Ten expanded east uh, just to kind of expand its footprint. Well, this goes the other way and, and you go all the way. You're now literally coast to coast. And I think that part of it, uh, you know, makes a lot of sense. I think adding USC, a, a, one of the blue blood uh, football programs and UCLA, one of the blue blood Basketball programs makes a lot of sense for both of those two major revenue-producing sports uh, for the Big Ten. Um, but when you talk about things that don't quite make sense, uh, and again, like you said, this could all shake out where it's going to be more than 16. So some of this could be, you know, change over time. But right now you've got two teams kind of out on an island on the West Coast. And for them, uh, scheduling-wise and, and travel-wise, I, you know, I see a ton of issues. It, it's one thing for like UCLA football to jump on a charter plane and go play a Saturday game in Maryland or Rutgers. You know, that's the, that's not that much of a deal. Those are all chartered flights. Um, mm -hmm. But how about the, you know, Rutgers women's soccer team going out to USC for a women's soccer game? And and how about even you know, like let's let's keep this let's keep this local Wisconsin going out to UCLA for a Thursday night basketball game? Um, you're talking about a lot of travel. A lot of missed class time. Uh, you know, I mentioned this in my column last week too, and I think it's an important 
point is that mental health now more than ever is a big, big thing for student athletes. And you're at least introducing the possibility of um, more stress on college athletes, student athletes with, with moves like this. Uh, just in terms, like I said, the, the lost class time, the time away from home, the extra travel. And you've got to, things we have to remember is that some of these non-revenue sports don't fly uh, charter. You know, there's there's commercial flying to some of it. So it's just complicated and I'm sure it'll all get worked out. But that's that was the thing to me that, uh, you know, if you're listing, a, if you're listing pros and cons, um, I thought some of those things fell on the cons uh, part of this. But again, like, let's face it, money is the number one thing, right? Yeah. And that's that's what anybody who's making these decisions is going to look at first. So if money is the number one thing and you see all of these universities, colleges kind of combining and shifting into these super conferences slowly and steadily, what is the next step then as far as the Big Ten perspective in the creation of what appears to be this next this big super conference? What's the next step? Yeah, it's interesting. So I don't know if now it, it's it's kind of like a chess game and it goes back to the SEC and says, your move, you know, your move, mm. SEC. Let's see what you do and we'll react to it. I, I do think from a Big Ten perspective, the, the big domino out there is Notre Dame. And really, it, it the, the ball's kind of in Notre Dame's court. The, the Big Ten has wanted Notre Dame for years and years and years. It's never been that part of it. It's, it's always been Notre Dame's uh, preference to stay independent. And I think that's becoming harder and harder to do with, with moves like this, where now you've got two 16-team conferences, 16-team conferences, and also, you know, Notre Dame and USC have this this football tradition of playing each other. Um, does that get impacted now that you, that USC is moving to the Big Ten? So I think Notre Dame is, is losing options to some degree. And, and I think what Notre Dame is going to have to decide is all these musical chairs happening, are we going to get left out at some point? And, in, and, and do we have to move into a conference? Um, and then so Notre Dame moves into the Big Ten. I think that opens up possibilities of, you know, again, the super conference, which I think is probably where we're headed, John. I, mean, I really think that yeah. at some point, I don't know how many super conferences we're talking, at least two, certainly the SEC and the Big Ten. I don't know if the Big 12 or ACC or that some combination of the both with, with the rest of the Pac-12 teams, if, if we form three super conferences, I don't know how that works out. But I do think that at some point, five years, maybe just to throw that number out there, we could see a 20-team Big Ten you know, give or take a couple. And then, and so that, you know, not to make this too long-winded, but if Notre Dame is team 17, then I think you probably try to get an Oregon or a Washington or both or Stanford's in the mix. Um, and then I think you look to the East Coast too and try to steal a North Carolina and try to, again, keep it coast to coast and go as far south and north as you can and try to make it a, a truly large footprint. It, it, it's okay. This is kind of a un, not important question, but at some point, does the does the term Big Ten have to be dropped when you get to twenty two teams and there's two or three super conferences in college and one actually like the SEC? You can still be the SEC, even though maybe the the geography doesn't work out right. exactly right. But um, this is just a side question. Is, is there a name change? Do you believe in the future? Yeah, you know, some people are asking that last week when this stuff went down, and and you know I. These discussions came up when Rust, when Rutgers and um, and Maryland joined the league in Nebraska, and even back when Penn State joined the league, because mathematically it didn't make sense anymore. But I just think the Big Ten is such a brand; um, it's just 
how you think of the league. It's how you, it's how it's recognized that I don't know that that's going to change. And, and I don't, the problem is you can't really plug a new number in there because I just think that number could um, be evolving over time. So I, yeah. I, I think it'll remain the big 10. That's that, you know, that's what I would predict, but you're right. It, it does. It, it's a head scratcher in terms of at some point you could have twice as many teams as, as the, the number in the, in the brand. Yeah. Um, you know, the more I think about super conferences, Jim, I don't know how you feel. The more I, I get intrigued by it. Now, listen, are we losing tradition and losing regional stuff? Yes, it is. But this is the way it's shaping out. And you better buckle up and get ready because I, it's not going backwards. So the more I look forward to super conferences and you think 20 plus teams and you talked about Notre Dame, let's say Notre Dame's in there and Oregon's in there. And like you mentioned, Stanford's in there and Washington and the two schools, UCLA, USC. Do, do we see like these four, how do you think this shapes out? What's this going to look like in, you mentioned five years, what's this going to look like in, in 10 years, in a decade? Will we have like divisions like the West, the Midwest, the Great Lakes, the East or whatever, and almost have this feel of, you know, professional conference where you look at the standings, like in the NFL and you look at the NFC and you look at the, the North and the whatever, you know, will we have more of that type of a feel for college athletics? Yeah, probably I would think, and, and that's why I think it's important. You know, that's why I don't think this is a, the ending move. Uh, just from USC and UCLA's perspective, they're going to want teams out by them to kind of you know regionalize it for them and not be the only two out on the island where you know they're the ones traveling so much. And um, and while it's a hassle for the fourteen teams that are you know currently in the Big Ten, um, it's really a hassle for the two out there right now. So yeah, I, I do think it's probably where it's headed. I think if you want to look truly big picture, like I said, it's probably three super conference teams. I think those teams break off from the NCAA and, mm -hmm. and form kind of their own thing. I mean, that's that's inevitable. I like the intrigue of it just like you. I mean, it's all kind of fascinating and, and exciting is probably a word to use. The thing I, I'm a little concerned about is the, the smaller schools, the mid-majors, um, what happens to them? Because... You know, those schools need the power conference teams to play, you know, the, the buy games. You need you need a, like this year, um, Illinois State's a bad example because it's an FCS team, but, you know, the the Mountain West team that comes and plays the Big Ten at a Big Ten game and gets a million dollars just for playing the game, um, that funds their, not only the football program, but other programs within the athletic department. It's so important for them. So that's the thing I worry about is if we have this, Power conference, sixty-five teams. However, if they all break apart, uh, however many of them go, I worry about the the little guy. Um, and and it's just it, college sports is not going to look the same. And while I realize that there are really interesting, fascinating parts to that, you know, the the, the collateral damage is is concerns me. And like again, like that's the same thing with NIL and transfer. Like I said before, is that there's a lot of good stuff, but it's not a it's not a hundred percent no brainer. There are different things that um, reactionary pieces that are going to happen because of it. Mm. What's the future? This is a question I see on, on social media uh, a ton. What's the future of the Rose bowl? If you yeah. start to take these pac 12 teams and put them back into the big 10 conference. I mean, to me that it feels like the Rose bowl is never going to be the same. I mean, it already has kind of changed throughout the years, but I don't think it's ever going to be the same. How do you see that? Yeah, no, it's, I think that's put that one in the con list, you know, if we're listing yeah. pros and cons, um, because it's always been a tradition, you know, unlike any other, and 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 something for Big Ten teams to look forward to. Now, I think it's changed a little bit over the years where the Rose Bowls become part of the playoff. 
Um, and maybe, maybe if we do end up with this giant power conference uh, grouping that breaks off um, and, and forms this playoff at the end of the year, maybe the Rose Bowl game or that venue remains part of it. But it's just not it's it's not going to be like it was where you know Wisconsin could play UCLA in a in a in the Rose Bowl at the end of the year in a, in a you know one of the great great traditions and one of the great great bowl games. I mean now it's going to be a regular season game in September where Wisconsin's out there. And again, I think that's there there are good things to that, especially for this university in particular has a huge alumni base out in the LA Southern California area, even Northern California. So. I'm sure those people are all very excited that Wisconsin's going to be out there more. But in terms of the actual bowl game, um, you know, I, I don't see that surviving uh, like it like it has been. And that's going to be for all bowl games. I just think, like I said, it, it's a domino. I keep using that 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 analogy, but there's going to be things that, because of these changes in college sports, things that go by the wayside. And, and I think this is probably one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, yeah, you start talking about the playoffs and you start wondering too, like, will they have that, will they switch to eight teams and how will that look? Will you pick equal amounts of teams from each super conference? Will one conference be left out? Will you have like a champion of your conference take on the champion of that conference? Kind of like an AFC versus NFC. Like you start to wonder how, how all of this is going to play out. And then you start thinking like, well, maybe this is the reason they haven't really expanded to eight teams yet. They're waiting for everything to settle down before they actually do anything with the college football playoff. Yeah, I think that's why I think the Big Ten, the Alliance, I mean, I think the one positive to come out of the Alliance is they did kind of tap the brakes and the SEC and Notre Dame to some degree were, were leading the, that college football playoff discussion. And I don't think the Big Ten and Big and, and ACC and, and Pac-12 were quite ready to commit to a long-range plan. And I think a lot of it does, like you said, go back to this media deal, these media rights deal getting done, which you know it's gonna, I think it's going to be done sometime between now and probably close to the start of the season, and that'll go into effect 23 and beyond. Um, I think that's a big item to cross off the list for for Kevin Warren, uh, and and then you can kind of begin planning, but. I don't know. Like we talked before the show even started, like long-range projections. I don't. I don't know what the timing of all this is. Um, when I when I wrote that column last Thursday, I think I was writing it as if this would be a cut. It kind of a sudden, you know, this domino is going to lead to other dominoes quickly falling. I don't know that that's the case anymore. I don't know that I believe that. I think it's going to be kind of a slow rolling out period. And and again, I think we're all kind of probably waiting on Notre Dame. I think that's the next okay. um, big thing that has to happen. I wish they'd just rip it off like a Band-Aid and just forget this slow. We'll do it in a year. We'll do it in two years. We don't know where we want to. Just pick a spot. We're, we're moving that way. Jump on. Let's get this thing going because it's not only going to be football that's going to be different and intriguing. It's Imagine that Big Ten basketball where you've got like UCLA, like you said, and then if you add a North Carolina and you're the Badgers, like um, even for, for men's basketball and women's basketball too, it's going to be really, really unique. Yeah, it's gonna be it's fascinating. I, I, you know, and I, I do kind of worry about the non-revenue sports to some degree. Um, right. I, I think, like, I think there's, I think all this is probably inevitable to some degree for football, and and I think men's basketball will be just fine, and and you know, volleyball. I think women's basketball, those sports will be fine. Uh, but I do, you know, the there's a lot of student athletes uh, that play sports that we don't spend a lot of time talking about. Um, but I don't think they should be forgotten altogether. And and I do, you know, I, I'm I'm interested to see how 
you know, sports like that survive and, 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 and if they can thrive from this, maybe this is a good thing. And I'm just not totally seeing the big picture, but um, it's, it's going to be interesting how it all plays out. Yeah. If you had asked me if this had happened by when Nebraska came, what was that? 2011, I want to say when Nebraska joined the yeah. conference yep. to me, yep. that was like, that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Nebraska Midwest school. It fits the region. It fits the mold. And then the Rutgers Maryland thing to me didn't make any sense from a conference standpoint, from a traditional, this is how you think of a conference. And so when UCLA and USC, now I don't think of Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, you, you can't think like that anymore. So I actually kind of have switched, flipped the switch there before because um, I don't know. It's just, it's just the way it is now, but before Nebraska made sense, Rutgers, Maryland didn't make any sense. And now I guess UCLA and USC to me make sense because now I know where we're headed. No, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think those moves make more sense because of the Rutgers Maryland move, which didn't make any sense. Right. I think, right. I think it's easier for us to embrace this chaos um, in part because eight years ago now with Rutgers and Maryland, um, something that didn't make is still kind of a head scratcher to some degree. Um, has become normal to some, you know, for the most part. And now it's going to be crazy. I, I know I'm interested to see where it goes. I really am. I, you know, it's, it's going to be, it just keeps spinning and spinning and spinning. And I don't know when we're all going to get off this merry-go-round. Final question then, let's bring it back to Madison and the Badgers. So how do you think the addition, we'll just stick with what we know for now, UCLA and USC, how does this affect uh, Wisconsin? How does this affect them? Not only with recruiting, but with, competition like how do you how does wisconsin feel about this in your opinion yeah i mean i think publicly they're saying they like it i think you know again not to focus too much on money but uh, you're talking about los angeles market brings in more money for a media rights deal which means more mark more money for a place like wisconsin I mean, each of these big 10 teams is going to get a humongous chunk of money every year and that money goes a long ways that money funds a lot of things in the athletic department so from that perspective, good. I think from the fans' perspective, it depends who you talk to. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are excited about, hey, USC and UCLA are, are big-time opponents, different opponents. It's change. It's it's good. It's it's something new. I think there's a lot of people, you know, I've already heard from a lot of them in emails and, and Twitter that don't like. They they want they want tradition. They mm -hmm. they can't wrap their head around uh, Wisconsin playing at USC on a conference game in September like it just it doesn't make sense to them um so I I think it's kind of an eye of the beholder thing I you know I again like I I probably and I think I feel pretty similar to you in that um this change was all inevitable and it's you kind of got to embrace it or you know you're just gonna be miserable and 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 you know fighting it I just think you got to see how it goes and um, that's why I'm willing to embrace it and and see where it goes. Again, like it, it'd be one thing if we knew it was done, but I, I, that's the thing is we don't know it's we don't know it's over yet. It, it may be not even close to being over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We will probably get over 20 teams at some point. Right now we're at 16, or fairly um, soon we'll be at at 16. But even then, just final thoughts here. Like, just think about the schedule. Like yeah. the schedule, you're always going to have like. Now with the addition of a USCLA or USC, you're going to have that on the schedule. Like, uh, do you make a deal with the SEC to play a non-conference crossover? Like, just think about how massive if you started making deals um, with the other conferences and these non-conference games. Like, this is going to be an outrageously tough schedule. Right, and the coaches, and that's where, I mean, the coaches have always kind of fought 
to some degree, um, both in football, let's just keep this at football and men's basketball. Um, football coaches fought against going more than eight conference games because that's a grind, you know, playing eight really good opponents um, and, and, you know, went up to nine and I can't see it going. The coaches are going to fight tooth and nail to have it stop at nine games because if you're talking about playing 10 conference games, um, that's hard. That's a grind and, and bodies get beat down. In men's basketball, they, you know, they, they went up to 20 games, um, which, you know, if you're playing 20 games and there's a 16 team conference, that, that regular season conference title kind of gets washed down a little bit. You're not playing as many teams twice anymore. And it, it, it mm -hmm. becomes more of what teams you play once and which teams you play twice. It's just kind of a watered down version of it. But the coaches, I don't think are going to want to go to 22 or whatever number it gets to to make it more. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's just, it, it becomes kind of messy because what's good in terms of money isn't necessarily good in terms of uh, what a coach and what, what student athletes want. So it's, it's going to be interesting. And, and again, like if we go up, even more it just becomes more and more complicated in terms of scheduling and like let's one quick backtrack um the non the teams i talked about the mid-majors the 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 um you know the to pick one team toledo you know the, the mid-american yep. mid conference what happens to those teams because right now those teams are filling out schedules in in all sports really um if if, if those teams suffer and those athletic departments ult ultimately you know not fall apart, but they could they could go to a lower division, I suppose. Um, then you're not going to see Big Ten teams playing them, and it, it just becomes how do you fill out your schedule, I think, becomes a problem. So I think there's, as with everything, when you make big moves like this, there's unintended consequences, and I, you know, I think there's going to be probably some of that to deal with in the next five, ten years. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk next week when uh, Oregon <laughs> and Stanford get added and then the week <laughs> after when Notre Dame comes aboard with North Carolina. Um, no, nah, it's going to be really fun. I think, um, I'm, I'm behind super conferences now cause I can't stop it. And so you right. might as well just, uh, enjoy what it's going to be and, and get used to it. Cause that's, that's a college football for the rest of your life. Like it's, it's moving toward that way. Get ready. The past is the past. Uh, Jim pulls in. I really do appreciate you taking a couple minutes to talk uh, with me about this. My pleasure, John. Thanks for having me on. All right, there you go. That is Jim Polzine of the Wisconsin State Journal to talk about the crazy conference realignment with UCLA and USC coming to the Big Ten. And like he said, it's it's not over. We'll get up to 20 and maybe even more. I'd like to thank uh, me and Julio for jumping back on board as a sponsor. Go check out me and Julio. They're on Fish Hatchery Road if you're in Madison, right next to Fitchburg, and they've got a great outdoor seating area for summertime, margaritas, food, family fun. It's awesome. Me and Julio. Ian's Pizza as well with three locations in Madison, three in Milwaukee as well. They're in Seattle. They're in Denver. They're everywhere. Go enjoy a delicious slice of Ian's Pizza and watch for our next promotion, johncastpodcast.com. Sign up for the newsletter, and then you won't miss the next promotion. All right. Thank you. Thanks to Jim Polzine. And thanks to you for listening to this edition of the John Cass podcast.